Hello, this is Editing JP. I know this is not how we usually start our podcast, but I just wanted to let you know that we've been having a lot of issues. Mostly, I've been moving and changing jobs, so my schedule has been very messed up. So for this week, we're going to do a short, fun episode, and then be back with your regularly scheduled Normal Insanity next week. Right now, enjoy the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Spooky You. Sitka has gone off the rails. Let's go. So in what way does Sitka go off the rails? We've had two weeks of sun. What? Yes, two straight weeks of sunlight. JP, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. We don't know how to handle this because we only get three weeks of sun a year. We just got two of them back to back. And when people say, oh, you know, it's sunny. It's a nice day. I need to go outside. That is legit anxiety of FOMO here. If you are not outside, you are doing something wrong. So two straight weeks, everybody was out doing things, not being responsible because we have to enjoy the sun because that's it. We've already had a week. I do remember you texting me and being like, it's their sun, their sun, I need to be outside. And I was like, okay, like, that's fine. Can we push back recording? Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Like, go outside, enjoy the sun. I mean, I'm glad you guys are getting sun, but I mean, you got one week left a year. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted and... It's actually kind of a relief. It was funny. Everybody was talking about when the clouds finally came over and we got rain again. Everyone was just like, thank God we can go back to normal. (laughs) You're like, okay, let's go back and let's binge watch Stranger Things now, which have you done yet? Yes, I'm almost done. (sighs) I've already downloaded the Cape Lush song because I love that. So good. Originally when I heard it, it was a different. Yeah, I heard a different rendition the first time, but love the song. Oh, so good. I think it's Kate Bush. Oh, Kate Bush. My my mistake. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, do you have any theories? I'm not going to spoil anything for you. I'm just curious if you have any theories. I was a little... I'm at a point right now where I thought, holy shit, they're really bringing the callbacks here. I'm on the final episode. I'm making my way home. So we'll talk about it at the next episode. Sounds like a good plan. And by this rate, we'll record that when the two new episodes are out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, JP, since we're talking Stranger Things, weird shit going on, I'm about to share with you the absolute stupidest fucking episode I've ever written. Oh, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Okay, yeah. Hi, we're Spooky You Podcast. Um, We love to talk all things spooky, scary, macabre, Stranger Things. I'm one of your hosts, Allie. I'm the other host, JP. And if you're looking down a long hallway... And the lights are dimly flickering. And you're panically pushing an elevator button, hoping to escape what clearly is a bad situation. And JP is just ripping off the opening scene from season one of Stranger Things. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. But anyway, so this is a fun, short episode. I whip this up real quick. It's going to be a chaotic fucking mess. But you don't know what we're talking about. No, you specifically have not allowed me to know anything about this, which annoys me. Yeah. And when you hear the topic, you're going to be even more annoyed. So I'm going to give you three clues so you can guess what we're talking about. Okay, you ready? No. Clue number one. It's a conspiracy theory. 
I don't like this already. Do you have a guess? Do you know how many conspiracy theories there are out there, Allie? Okay. Okay, clue number two. It has been scientifically disproven. Okay, that's still a lot of conspiracy theories, Al. (laughs) Clue number three. There is a very passionate, very small community that very strongly believes in it today. Are we talking about flat earthers? We're talking about flat earthers. (laughs) God. (laughs) I just wanted, I wanted your beautiful reaction. (laughs) It's actually funny. I used to follow a lot of the science critics of the flat earthers. Uh, Simon Dan was a huge one on YouTube. I would watch a lot of his stuff and it's just, it makes the physics and science person and me cringe every time. Well, we're not going to get super far into it. We're just going to like kind of like a light dusting, if you will. So I just have a little bit of brief information. Now you as a geologist, I'm sure love this topic. Well, I get kind of annoyed as a geologist because flat earthers always go after the atmospheric scientists. They go after NASA. And I feel like geologists sit over in the corner. We're just like, you know, we can prove it's round two. Never (laughs) bother to come after the USGS at any point. Do you really want them? To, we're going to actually talk about an encounter that someone had with a NASA employee, but do you really want them to come after you? I mean, otherwise we're just doing our jobs and we don't get any, we don't really get on YouTube as much. So, oh, so you mean rocks aren't exciting? I never said that. You walked into that one. No, I didn't. <laughs> so what is the actual theory? Let's talk about it. So the flat earth model is an archaic and scientifically disproven conception that the earth's shape is a plane or a disc. That is the opening line on the Wikipedia page. It is scientifically disproven. But let's talk about some of the ancient cultures. So many ancient cultures did believe the earth was flat, including Greece until the classical period, 323 BC the Bronze Age and the Iron Age civilizations of the Near East until the Hellenistic period and 31 BC and China until the 17th century. So you just mixed up that timeline so badly, Al. I'm going off Wikipedia, buddy. Okay. Allie, the Bronze Age came first. That was thousands of years before the Hellenistic period in ancient I'm just listing time periods, JP. I'm not saying... You do realize BC, it goes in reverse order. You count down. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they were very confused about why that happened. They were like, what are we counting down to? Well, till Jeebus was born, right? Right, but I mean, what did they know before then? They're just like, wow, we're getting down to 665 BC here, 64. (laughs) Hey, Dave, what do you think is going to happen when we reach zero? Hey, it's 1 BC. Was that like their Y2K? Maybe. Well, I mean, I'm just joking around here. It's obviously like because everyone does the year of our Lord thing. So I I don't know. They probably. Yeah, there was some uh, there's probably some like stone hats people sitting in the corner being like (laughs) stone hats. (laughs) Listen, in 2000 years, there's going to be a bunch of crazy nuts and they're going to say the earth is flat. And they were all like, Pompeius, you are such a silly Roman. Everybody knows the earth is round. Why would anyone think it was flat that far in the future? (laughs) We have scientifically disproven this as brilliant mathematicians without any calculators. But someone in 2022, after Christ died, is that, are we AD? I don't fucking know. Yeah, we're AD. 
Okay, we're a 2022 AD is going to look on the YouTubes, which is a magical land of video. We don't know what that is yet, but we're going to make it up. And they're going to decide that the earth is a dinner plate filled of mashed potatoes and gravy. And that's that's the conversation. Actually, that's that happened. So, yeah, there you go. But anyway, timelines aside, the idea of a spherical earth appeared in ancient Greek philosophy with Pythagoras, which fuck him and his theorem, in the 6th century BC, but most pre-Socrates, 5th to 6th, or 6th to 5th century BC, retained the flat earth idea. So some people, like towards, you know, the end of BC, were like, hey, guys, it might be round, okay? Like, it might be round. Mm, they generally had a pretty good understanding that it was round. And at least with most scholars, it was well understood that the earth was round. How much that knowledge made it into the general public, I can't say for sure. Well, actually, in the early 4th century BC, Plato wrote about a spherical earth. So you're right. Yeah, the, the philosophers, the you know, a lot of them were like, hey, yeah, guys, it's a ball. They're actually pretty accurate, too, which is cool. And actually, a former student of Aristotle had proved with strong empirical evidence for a spherical Earth. Despite this evidence and the obvious effects of the Earth's sphericity, which might be my new favorite word, people were still like, nah, dinner plate. I'm glad to see things haven't changed too much. Yeah, seriously. So what would a flat Earth look like other than a dinner plate? Early Egyptians and Mesopotamians believed that the world was portrayed as a disc floating in the ocean. So all of the continents were just floating on a plate filled with water. Again, my dinner plate theory, pretty accurate. For context, in Egyptian mythology, they also thought that Ra, the sun god, was eaten by a snake every night. So Every single night. Yep. Well, we know that they thought this by looking at pyramid text and coffin text. So a different part of the world, the Israelites believed that the earth was a floating disc with an arched firmament above it that separated the earth from the heavens, kind of like the dome over Walt Disney World that controls the weather, which, again, has been proven false, but people believe it's true. For how much Disney controls, sure. Why not the weather, too? I had people ask me, can you make it stop raining? And I'd be like, no. I don't get paid enough for that because I didn't. So they actually believed that the sky was a solid dome with the sun, moon, planets, and stars embedded in it. Take that with a grain of salt. Okay. Yeah. Also, just to be clear about the Egyptians too, coffin inscriptions, all of that, that would have been during the Bronze Age, 2,000 years before, two, 3,000 years before Plato. And again, we're looking at historically what was documented we haven't started talking about the modern day geniuses yet oh yeah no 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 i'm just trying to keep <laughs> i'm just trying to keep like context of like where all these people and these beliefs are in the timeline of history we're all in the bcs guys okay we're all in the bcs so the poets homer and hesoid described a disc cosmography on the shield of Achilles, again, we see the ocean encircling continent. So we're seeing a lot of like ideas. Several philosophers pre-Socratic were, as we stated, believed that the world was flat. Thales believed that the world or the earth floated in water like a log. 
but it has been argued that he may have actually believed the world was round. Now, the continents like floating in water like a log freak me out. Like, I don't I don't like that. That was originally part of a theory in plate tectonics. Well, prior to plate tectonics, and the idea was continental drift. That came out in the early 20th century when uh, mapping had gotten to the point where people were like, in geologic evidence, had gotten to the point of like, okay, we know that Africa and South America, that looks too weird to be a coincidence. Also, we've got rocks and animal fossils popping up on continents that are oceans apart, but are the exact same species. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah, like, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I listen to ologies, yes. I'm actually kind of smart, JP. I'm getting my master's degree. No, I know that, but you always go blank face when I start talking geology. But JP, I was, like, super fascinated with paleontology as a kid, okay? Like, I know about all this stuff. Well, I know. It's just every time I talk about it, you're just like, oh, done now. Oh, well, yeah, but again, consider the source. You walked into that one. <laughs> and JP's like, and I am leaving this podcast. Good luck selling this on your own. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the modern day, because I think that's where all the interest is. It is where the interest is. But I do want to share also one other <laughs> philosopher believed that the earth was a short cylinder with a flat circular top that remained stable because it was the same distance from all things. That was, gosh, okay, Anaximander. Ah, not so easy, is it, Allie? When you have to go into history and have to pronounce all the names. I never said it was easy. Oh, there's actually, oh, there's two more funny ones, though. Anaximenus of Miletus, okay, some Greek guy, believed that the Earth was flat and rides on air the same way the sun and moon and other heavenly bodies, which are all fiery, ride on air because of their flatness so again everyone's just thinking everything is flat even though you can see the moon so jp of all the ancient philosophers who do you think got the closest Hmm. i think oh god i'm trying to remember the name it was uh hi editing jp again just wanted to clarify the astronomer i'm talking about is eurythsonis of cyrene Uh, He was famous for his experiment where he looked at the sun at two different latitudes and discovered that the shadows on the exact same day were different and thus accurately measured the circumference of the Earth. There you go. Back to the podcast. Not Pythagoras, but the one who did the experiment where he looked at two different obelisks in ancient Egypt and measured out their distance in shadows and realized that there was a curve. I think he got the closest. Yeah. So let's talk about the fun stuff, okay? The modern day flat earthers. So we gave a little background on some of the philosophers, the poets. Obviously, we know it was a different time. You don't know what you don't know. So what do people believe now? It is believed that the modern pseudoscience in the flat earth originated with an English writer, Samuel Raubatham, in 1849 with a pamphlet, Zetetic Astronomy. Then Lady Elizabeth Blount established the Universal Zetetic Society in 1893, which published journals. That kind of went on for like the 19th and 20th century. There was a couple notable people within that society. I don't know any of their names. They were notable at the time, so good for them. But in 1956, Samuel Shelton set up the International Flat Earth Research Society. 
thanks to the availability of technology, platforms like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and others have made it easy for these individuals to spread their disinformation and attract others to their dumbass club. So there, okay? The 1950s is when we got this. That's when we see modern day flat earthers. It seemed like you went from the 1950s and then jumped straight to YouTube. Like, what was all going on in between that? People were publishing papers. People were joining this research society. But Oh, yeah. There was also that one dude in Texas who was wealthy enough and bought and made a bunch of textbooks that claimed that a moon passed by the Earth and then ripped off a whole bunch of land. And that's why the continents look like they do today. That sounds about right. Now, this has been disproven. We all have seen pictures of the Earth. There are pictures from space. And people are just like, nope, it's a big blue pancake. So believers of the flat Earth conspiracy theory try to make physics work for them. This is something you had talked about a little bit at the beginning when you found out the joyous topic of our episode, the chaos that it is. They'll concoct elaborate versions of physics and create interpretations of the solar system to make their theories work. It's beautiful. I didn't dive into any of this because, first of all, I never took a physics class in general. So my dumb ass would be like, yeah, okay. But who's the Olympic gold medalist in gymnastics? Simone Biles, yeah. This is like her level of bending over backwards trying to make <laughs> things work. That's a good analogy. I like that. So it's believed that there are as many as 500 people in the Flat Earth Society. Their numbers have decreased since the 50s. I think it was a couple thousand in the 50s, but obviously with the internet, people are like, oh, wait, this isn't true. So here's something fun about conspiracy theories in general. In 2017, studies found that only 1% of Americans believed the Earth was flat. Additional 6% saying they aren't sure. What? What do you mean you're not sure? I really hope that you don't live in, oh, what is it, up the uh, UP of Michigan or San Francisco, where you can actually see the curve because of how big the bridges are there. (laughs) Seriously, people are like, nope, still flat. (laughs) So in this study, people wanted to also look at the 1% that believed the Earth was flat. They wanted to look at their political affiliations as well. How much percentage-wise voted for Trump? And how much percentage-wise voted for Clinton and a third party? So do you have any guesses, JP? I feel like we're going mostly Trump here, but I think there's also a lot of uh, third-party voters here. Very good. So actually, yes, the, the number between Trump and Clinton voters was pretty equal and pretty small. The third-party voters, that was the one that contained the most people. Again, we're all just floating on this big old dumb pancake, and it's just a great day. So the modern day flat earthers, they have an idea of how they think the earth looks as a flat earth. Do you have an idea of that? I have. I've actually seen it quite often. Again, I used to follow Simon and Dan, so I've seen a lot of their arguments and how they portray these maps. If you've got examples and things that they're saying, I would totally love to take a crack at them. So all that I found was that they believe that the Arctic Circle is the center and Antarctica is a giant wall around the edge to prevent people from climbing over and falling off. Their words. Okay, again, we've had many people hit the South Pole, so don't know what to tell y'all guys. And also, we as human beings would have figured out a way to climb to the top and fall off by now, just saying. 
Yeah, we've gotten pretty good at getting over, under, around, and through walls. I'm not really sure why they would think that one would stop us. So, well, we had talked about a little bit earlier of you guys not being approached, you geologists and your, you know, rocks, not being approached about the flat earthers or a flat earth society. A flat earther actually approached a NASA employee in a Starbucks for an exchange that was filmed for YouTube. And this nutcase was yelling after the NASA employee saying he had proof that the earth was flat. Do you know what the proof was? It was a drawing. I can't. A drawing. Uh... The earth. Yes, a drawing. I'm going to take this moment now to apologize to all NASA employees who had to put up with this because I can't help but get the vibe that that guy may have just been like a very, a little bit more advanced, could have also just been a lower level tech. This flat earther who is probably, you know, he's thinking he's due. He's thinking he ate, like he ate and left no crumbs. No, buddy. It was a drawing. And the NASA employee... Honestly, it could have been like a janitor or something. He could have been like, dude, no, I don't do that. The space thing. I just clean the bathrooms. Congratulations on your drawing. But no, apparently not. Also, some of them don't think gravity's real. Oh, yeah. I've heard this one, too. It's well, so it's a little bit interesting because they, like you've said, they fundamentally don't really understand the inner workings of science. And a lot of that comes from the misinterpretation of the word theory. So theory in science and theory in the real world mean two very different things. So theory, as we use it, it's kind of like, oh, I have a hunch or I have an idea or it may be this. It's kind of like based off some loose evidence, but something worth investigating. Theory in science is a hard founded, accepted, I'm trying to think the best word, Hello, this is Editing JP again. Rather than me trying to fumble my way through explaining what a scientific theory is, I thought I'd just look it up and explain the definition. A scientific theory is a coherent group of propositions formulated to explain a group of facts or phenomena in the natural world and repeatedly confirmed through experiment or observation. Thank you. Back to the podcast. The thing with like the theory of gravity is that we know that it's there. We know that how it affects other things. We know its relation to other things. The part that scientists are still trying to understand is exactly how it's generated and what causes the fact that a whole bunch of mass comes together. Suddenly now it can attract other things. That's where th flat earthers kind of don't get the understanding of, oh, well, if they don't know how it works or how it starts, is it even real? Well, no, it's real. It would be like if I gave you a car and you turn on, but you never look under the hood. I tell you that we don't, the hood's locked and we can't look under it. But you start the car every day, it goes, it does its thing. You would believe that there's an engine under that hood. I believe there'd be something to, that would make it go. And with the knowledge base that I have, yes, it would be an engine. Not a great analogy, but the general idea is that with gravity, it's kind of like that, where we don't really know what the engine looks like. But we know there's something driving it because we see how it's affecting everything around us. But my thing with them is like, okay, you throw a ball up, does it not come back down? What do you call that? Rather than something pulling it down, the entire Earth has just been continuously accelerating at 9.8 meters per second upwards for all time. I mean, they also think that the moon 
is a projection. So there's that too. I have heard that one. One of the one of the speakers at their conference, because yes, they have conferences for this. Uh, most of them take place in Texas. Shocker. Another question that I have for you, JP, as we wrap things up here is how do people come to believe in these conspiracy theories? And don't worry, because I have an answer for you, but I want to hear your answer. So my general thought is it's less about an understanding of science and more of a distrust in institutions. Most of the time they're attacking institutions, people, they're not and it's about distrust of what other people are telling them. So it's really more of just this happened to be the one fixation of conspiracy theory. But take any Big Brother conspiracy theory, they're probably likely to be in that boat as well. So psychologist Karen Douglas has said that she found that flat earthers' beliefs are very similar to other conspiracy theorists, as you have said. Quote, it seems to me that these people do generally believe the earth is flat. I'm not seeing anything that sounds as if they're just putting that idea out there or for any other reason. She also says that all conspiracy theories share a basic thrust. They present an alternative theory about an important issue or event and construct an often vague explanation for why someone is covering up that true version of events. One major point of appeal is that they explain a big event, but often without going into details. A lot of the power lies in the fact that they are vague. So very much to your point, JP, it's a lot of maybe distrust in the institution. And actually, in March 2014, a study was published that found that nearly half of Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory. So JP, JP. Are you in that 50% that believe in one conspiracy theory? Oh, I always joke to my friend, I don't believe North Dakota's a state. Ah, that's pretty funny. Or there's no humans there. It's all just run by cows. <laughs> well, um, I believe in one conspiracy. Actually, I believe in a few, but I believe in one conspiracy theory that I made up. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Now, again, I made this up, but I still believe it's 100% true. I've convinced myself and I have actually convinced others. You know the movie National Treasure? <laughs> Yes. I believe that the plot of National Treasure is 100% true. I believe there is a treasure. I believe that there are puzzles that the Masons have hidden. I believe that our founding fathers have like secret passages and all that bullshit. But I believe that Nicolas Cage was cast because no one would believe that it was true because he is the most meme-worthy actor ever. This is true, and ordinarily I give you props for originality, but the conspiracy, I mean History Channel, already beat you to the punch. Wait, did they? Did they actually do a thing about this? So they did a thing where they they made a short series called The Book of Secrets based off the second movie, and it was the whole idea of like, oh, if presidents had a book and they wrote all the secrets in it, what would be in it? And then they just lift off a bunch of conspiracy theories. Huh. Yeah, no, the idea of like, Oh, is that true? I, I feel like, yeah, that, that's been, yeah, there, there's definitely some things. But the Nicolas Cage, that's, that, that's, that's a new twist. That's my twist on it then. Um, because, you know, he's just, he's Nicolas Cage, okay? But if you mean to tell me that the Masons don't have secrets and the Founding Fathers don't have secrets, like, come on, man. Come on. 
I don't think the founding fathers were as organized as people like to think of them today. But I will say my favorite Freemason conspiracy theory is the Denver airport. Yes, I love that one. That is such a good one. It is. I've actually been to the Denver airport. I have not been able to. I was only in there for a short period in a layover to Eagle Vale, but I was not able to see the apocalyptic photo apocalyptic uh mural. we have to do an episode on the denver airport that's a good one that is i always forget about that one and the demonic horse outside oh uh, the demonic horse yes we had um i i worked with worked with somebody who was from denver and i really wanted to ask him about the denver airport but i kind of got the vibe that he was not into like the spooky stuff so i was like okay i'm gonna hold off and uh we no longer work together but i was like oh, okay I, I lost that opportunity but a time will come that's okay. I, I got a few contacts in Denver. I, I'll ask Clamps if he can uh, enlighten me on anything he's heard yeah, about the Denver airport. Yeah, we need to airport. do another one. My my other favorite is the missing people in national parks. It's all associated with the cave system in national parks and that it was created by Teddy Roosevelt because there are things that are in the cave system that we should not know about, but the president knew about in his book of secrets. Yes, it's real. That they made the national parks so no one could go near the caves. So that's another good one. Also, the feral people in the Appalachian Mountains. That's just a thing. I, I, I don't know why that would be a conspiracy theory, why someone would try to hide that <laughs> fact. But anyway, that's all I have on Flat Earthers. I wanted it to be chaotic. I wanted it to be crazy. This is a ridiculous conspiracy theory. Now, I mean, we're both pretty open-minded people, but, you know, this one. Just no, no. I don't know how to tell you this otherwise, but sorry, y'all... You're not special internet sleuths. But you know what? If you think that you have a good argument, slide into our DMs at Podcast on Instagram or send us an email. Try to convince us, okay? I'm stubborn, JP stubborn. This could be a fun little day project for you. At SpookyYouPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, I've got nothing to add to that. The earth is round, people. Class dismissed. <laughs>